Hey, yo, my man, have you heard of that new documentary series? Yeah, HBO Music Bank documentary series. Check it out. From executive producer Bill Simmons comes the all-new documentaries. DMX, Don't Try to Understand, streaming now. And Juice World Into the Abyss, streaming on December 16th. Part of the HBO Music Box documentary series. Take a glimpse into the lives of two of hip-hop's iconic acts with unfettered access into their lives of making music and their battle with their inner demons. DMX, don't try to understand streaming now. And Juice World Into the Abyss, streaming December 16th on HBO Max. <laughs> Welcome back, hip-hop purists, to another episode of 40 Years of Hip-Hop, where we review and dissect a thousand songs over the span of 40 years, from 1979 to 2019. This is your host with the many aliases, the G-Man, also known as the G-Money, also known as the Incredible G when I get mad, aka the Shin Kuro Gaijin, and now known as Mr. Hip-Hop. Forever Hip Hop is out now, go check it out at mixcloud.com slash foreverhiphop where we don't only play the hits but have the dopest mix, never heard before songs, lost songs, unknown selection and album cuts. This is a medium where you could discover a lot of things and what we like and our perspective in music, you know? Now let's take a trip down memory lane. Today I will take us back to our first review in volume 1, released in November 2019. It was Eric B. and Rakim's I Know You Got Soul, a song that we reviewed, and to be honest, a song that I would have loved to review again with my new experience of three seasons deep of reviewing more than 100 songs. I kept listening to that song and the album Paid in Full this past week to reminisce about the good old days of pure hip-hop. Paid in Full is credited as a benchmark album of the golden age hip-hop. Rakin's rapping, which pioneered the use of internal rhymes in hip-hop, set a higher standard of lyricism in the genre and served as a template for future rappers. The album's heavy sampling by Eric B became influential in hip-hop production. In 2020, the album was ranked number 61 on Rolling Stone magazine list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Wow, that's a pretty amazing feat. If you haven't listened to this album, I recommend it. It is the kind of album you got to listen to once before you die. I ain't no joke about it. Be on the lookout for this season last episode on Friday by my partner in crime, Mr. Ron. He will review Afeni by Rhapsody featuring PJ Moyder, an album I haven't listened to yet. I've listened to a few of her singles on YouTube and Extraordinary MC, but there's a little something that I can't feel from her. I can't actually pinpoint what it is exactly. It's a, it's a question of flavor and likeness, you know? Can't wait to hear Mr. Ball's review. Maybe it will change my mind about her. I Shouldn't Have Done It is the first single released from Slick Rick's second album, The Ruler's Back. It was released on June 6, 1991 by Def Jam Recordings with production from Vince Wright and lyrics written by Slick Rick. 
It will be the most successful single from the album, being the only one of five singles to make it to the Billboard charts. Originality. What makes this song original? A song about cheating and regretting it and the consequence that follows. In 91, how could you come up with something more original than this? You went around the way he was already known to touch up so many diverse subjects in his storytelling tales on his first opus and then follow up with that banging track. The hook of Feeling Sad and Blue is so dope along with Vance Wright's scratches. Such an original for dope, so for more comeback by Rick the Ruler. The music video was very low budget and mostly involved close-up of Slick Rick rapping and others dancing. It was pretty original at that time and different from most video. And for all these reasons, I had to go with a 4.5 out of 5 for originality. Courtesy of Discog and allmusic.com for info. A fun fact, a goof occurs in the video when one of the female dancers' earrings fall off, but she carries on dancing, you know? You can go pay attention to the video, you'll see that funny moment. Delivery lyrics and flow. Who else than Slick Rick could come up with such a way of delivering this song without being too offensive? The song was played on the radio charts with a message that wasn't deciphered by regular heads. His flow is timeless on this one. On verse 1, for quotable, I had to go well. Well, I'ma tell you a story and I come out bluntly. Born an ugly child, ain't nobody would want me. I used to walk around and get upset and upsetter. Then I figured out ways to make myself look better. As I got older, my awareness expanded. I met this beautiful girl and my wish was commanded. Didn't hang with fellas cause they started getting shady. I'd always be with my girl and you could call her my lady. I love her a lot, what up, not going to front. See, the problem that arose is why on her did she wants me? Couldn't figure it out and make things worse, I was cursed with the torment of not being the first, and the first was this fly guy, made me very jealous, I always think she'd cheat on me and talk to other fellas, two wrongs don't make a right, but any time that we fight, I would call and took her phone and call a girl out of spite, I should have done it, yo, the quote about dilemmas of being born an ugly child, but later on, got game and experience, why she chose him, and jealousy and, tor- and tormented of not being the first, she would cheat, you know, insecurities of a man. You know, that's that's what he said on the first verse. And then I got on the circuit first. I will to make this right, so the director was admiring. I tried to stop my love, but no love was not retiring. To catch her in a lie was near impossible and tricky. They didn't want her inserting clothes, getting really picky. We got into it again. This time she got too bright. She me so me preventing a fight. I just stayed out for the night. I had to ease up for the record. All this hot increase. I went up to the power with Omega Vents and Dane. This girl came over. She was struck down extensive. Started talking to me, and she was probably quite aggressive. A pretty young Thing she didn't strike me as a no hope, so my so meet my nigger rude and went out with the flow. But Joe was getting hard without me even knowing. We step up back to my van and I could, it's for growing. The girl took off her cold, her body was no joke. Well, I rub it to unzip it and I went for broke. I should have done it. Yo, trying to catch her in a lie with a boss that had a hide on her, and then he picked out a fight, and then he goes to the club, the club parrot with Vance Wright and Dana Dane. And then he meets up with that check, you know, and things happen. And then he regrets it. On verse 3, now I've sinned and there's no one to blame. That night when I went home, I felt real guilty and ashamed, snuck right into bed. I felt just like a shady fella. 
What made me so insensitive? How I'm ever gonna tell her? Surely enough, cheating just because we'd always doubt. Endurance be a man, that's what I had to learn about. Uh, me, I guess I liked the wanted secrets that I did. I figured I'd patch things up and then I'll tell her what I did. Then after that, she started acting heaven sent. I found a house spot, let's say she helped out with the rent. So I bought the ring, it was a good 20 carat. Then word got back about me chilling at the parrot. So when I got home, I thought she'd just be out to rose. Instead, I found this letter and I found her overdose. It said, I had it for you, but I guess you didn't care. All this wouldn't have happened comes for me and this fear I shouldn't have done it. Yo, guilt, suicide action, you know? That was before Biggie suicidal thoughts song, you know, about like somebody putting in an end to a life. So, for all this reason, you know, I had to go with a perfect score, five out of five to deliver the racing flow. See, it's like we on this one, he, he, he accelerated his ramp pattern, flow, he changed it from the first album. You, it was amazing. I slept on the album, you know. Courtesy of Genius.com. Fun fact, Slipwick rose to prominence with Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew in the mid-80s. Their songs, The Show and Laddy Daddy, are considered early hip-hop classics. Laddy Daddy is one of the most simple rap songs in history. Drums, Wolves, please. Here's my top five Slipwick featurings on people's songs. Now this top five. That's the top five Slipwick songs as a feature. I got in no particular order, Get Busy, from the Grey Zone and Jason album, Living Like a Trooper, in 1991. That was his crew, I'll explain later who they were. On the song So Fresh, from the Will Smith album, Willenium, in 1999. And on the Art of Storytelling, part one, that's from the Outcast album, Aquamanai, 1999. And on the song, We Will Rob You, from Wake One, Only Built for Cuban Links, part two, 2009. And a song that I reviewed this season, an amazing song, Auditorium. That's from the most deaf album, The Ecstatic, from 2009. Check out my review on episode 61 of that amazing song. So this was my top five Slick Creek featurings. Production and beat. What makes this good or bad? The beat is simply amazing. A complex and fast-paced beat with nine samples. Such an original beat by Vance Wright. Vance Wright. He's a producer that's mostly known for his collaboration with Slick Rick. He started as a DJ for Rick's first album and then became a full-fledged producer on the second album. He then went on to collaborate with many artists such as Brand Nubian, YG's, Father MC, Diamond D, Positive K, Saturday X, Gwen Puba, Orman Juicy Jones, Everything But The Girl, and Grayson and Jason. The beat contains nine symbols. The Hook Riff of More Peace by Fred Wesley and the JBs, 1973, that's a sample everybody used. Multiple Elements of Think About It by Lynn Collins, 1970, that's the base of the beat. It Takes Two by Rob Bays, we'll check out our episode 100 review, we talk about that sample. The Wuye Break Beat from Think About It. And then you got the Hook Riff of Get Up, I Feel Like Being a Sex Machine by James Brown, 1970. <laughs> Vocal lyrics of the new rap language by Spoonie G and the Trespass Street in 1980. The hook riff, Get Up Off of That Thing by James Brown, 1976. Vocal lyrics from Laddie Daddy by Doggy Fresh and Slick Rick, 85. Vocal lyrics from The Ruler's Back by Slick Rick's first album, 88, 1988. Vocal lyrics from Basketball Throwdown by the Cold Coach Brothers and the Fantastic Five from 1983. 
and vocal lyrics from the show by Dougie Fresh, Lick Rick, and the Get Fresh crew from 85. Nine Simples Deep. A real piece of work that beat, you know, to couple all these nine samples. And for all these reasons, for the beat, I had to go with a perfect score of five out of five. I know Mr. Brown was just flipping with the beat. That's a complex beat. It's a simple, the way you flip all nines. It's amazing. The rhythm, that beat when I was in high school was so amazing. And I was doing a hip-hop shows. I was busting my move. That's where I used to dance. You know, I wanted to be like a chief rocker. And that was one of my main beats. Go to zerovusample.com for the sample. A fun fact, the duo of Lord Grayson and Jason were friends of Slick Creek and had their debut appearance with the Living Like a Triple Single on the Living Large soundtrack of 1991. That was a good movie, Living Large. Their only album, Sweating Me Wet, was released in 1991. It was solely produced by Vince Wright and Slick Creek's DJ and also had Slick Creek as a guest on the track Get Busy. The B-side to the Get Busy contained a non-LP track titled No Shorts, produced by Vance Wright. Before we get back to the next section, we at 40 Years of Hip Hop use Buzzsprout to broadcast our podcast and get our show listed on every podcast platform available. So far, our podcast is listed on over 20 platforms and reached more than 21,000 downloads in less than a year and a half, man. Oh, that's amazing. As a Buzzsprout member, you will get a great-looking podcasting platform, an audio player that you can drop into your website, even WordPress. You will also benefit with detailed analytics and tools to promote your episode like audio-video snippets of your podcast called Soundbite. My favorite benefit is that I get to generate a second revenue by talking about something that I'm passionate about. Think about it. Are you a fan of something? Try podcasting about it. It's as easy as one to three and can generate you a secondary revenue. Get started for free, no credit card required, and cancel anytime. No contracts, use the link in our episode notes to let Buzzsprout know that we referred you, and you should sign up after your trial to a paid plan. You'll receive a $20 Amazon gift card and help support our show. Buzzsprout is the way to go. Relevance and longevity. Did it stand the test of time? If so, how? No, it didn't, sadly and weirdly. The song was so ill when it came out. Everyone was so amazing at the delivery and success of the song, but it faded a few years later. The song never actually survived past the mid-90s. Everyone remembers the great adventures of Slipwick, but not this album. This album was far better and refined than the first opus, aesthetically and sound-wise. An issue I noticed upon the hip-hop community that tends to give a preference to first albums that were greedy and raw. But the sophomores are sometimes better and more polished as the artists acquire the experience, a subject that we could tackle later down the line. Now let's head back to the song's relevance. The song charted number 50 on US Billboard Hot Black Singles, number 2 on US Billboard Hot Rap Singles. The single was used in the soundtrack for the 1991 movie Living Large featuring Terrence T.C. Carson. Terrence is best known for portraying Cal Barker on the Fox sitcom Living Single with Queen Latifah and voicing Mace Windu on Star Wars The Clone Wars. He's also known for his long-running voice role as Kratos in the God of War video game series from 2005 until 2013. I didn't know he was the voice of Kratos. That's a game that I played all the God of War. I mean, uh, since I'm an otaku, Shinko no Gaijin side of me. The beat was not simple at all, ironically. I really don't understand why. This song is so amazing and this way of fast 
rapping skills. That's before people like Twister and Mystical, you know, started rhyming fast, you know, even Jay-Z. For all this reason, for relevance and longevity, I only had to go with a 2.5 out of 5. A fun fact, uh, Slick Quick was one of the very first hip-hop artists to be covered. When Snoop Dogg, then Snoop Doggy Dogg, at that time, rapped Rick's lyrics from his record, Laddy Daddy, almost in the entirety of the track on Laddy Daddy, on his debut album, Doggy Style, in 93. At the time, it was very uncommon for rappers to use complete song lyrics from another artist. That's a great sign of respect, you know, or something. And Slippery was from the West Coast. That was when there was the rivalry on the East-West, and he, re- he recognized that. He, he grew up on East Coast rap, you know? That's where he started, and he developed his style along the way, the West Coast. Impact. How did this song impact hip-hop culture? The song's impact on hip-hop was obsolete to my deception. It was the return of Slick Rick after the acclaimed first Opus album, and it went unnoticed. That's a huge deception for me because I would have thought that song would have lasted and people would have recognized rapped it over the years, but no. Slick Rick, yes, he's known to be a great, he's a legend, everything, but it's like everybody stopped at the great adventures of Slick Rick because afterwards, you don't talk about his three other albums, you know? Yes, it wasn't as successful as the first one, but it was dope, you know? You could not contest with that guy lyrically, his pen, his storytelling, his voiceovers, switching voice and personas in his song. This guy is incredible. He's one of the rare ones that could do that. He could do three characters. It was like when Martin or Eddie Murphy did their movies, they played two or three characters in the shows and movies. So to do that in hip-hop, it's really something. Slick Rick, that guy is so skillful. And because of all these things, you know, the impact wasn't known and you didn't have much, I didn't have much to say about the impact besides that. For me, it impacted me. And one of my friends, I remember he was like the first one because back then we started to rap and he was like the first one that could rap at the same pace, tone and as fast as Slick Rick for Ashley and I've done it. He could spit the song exactly word for word. Us, I couldn't follow with the pace, the flow, you know, it was too, too, too wicked. For this reason, I had to go with a 2.5 out of 5 for impact. A fun fact. In the early 80s, Dougie Fresh Gets Fresh crew was composed of DJs Barry B and Chill Will, and later they added newcomer MC Ricky D. That was before he was known as Slick Rick. And then Slick Rick left the group almost a year after the release of the classic The Show with the B-side Laddie Daddy single. And he reappeared in 1988 as a Def Jam artist, and he released his debut album The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, and became a classic, you know. So I'll do a quick recap. So for originality, I went with a 4.5 out of 5. Delivery, lyrics, and flow. Delivery, lyrics, and flow. I went with a perfect score of 5 out of 5. Beat production, perfect score of 5 out of 5. Relevance and longevity, that's where he lost lost some points. I went with a 2.5 out of 5. And for impact, a 2.5 out of 5. For a total of 19.5, oh, that's not bad. With, with the relevance and impact that was so low, he still came up with 19.5. And it comes to 78% for I shouldn't have done it. So, people, thank you, fellow hip-hop purists, for tuning into our podcast at 40 
bossproud.com and click on the supporter heart icon to buy us a coffee so that we can continue our weekly podcast journey until we reach 1,000 episodes. This is our third season concluding for me. We only have one left episode by Mr. Ron. He's going to have the last one of the season, but this is my last one of the season. Thank you very much. It's appreciated. We are more than 100 episodes deep, yo. That's one of the first projects in my life that I went completely out of it, you know, and dedicated. It was hard. It was special, you know. We're also available on all other major podcast platforms and also on YouTube. Follow us on social media at 40 Years of Hip Hop on the IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Links in the notes. And don't forget, on YouTube, you could see us because we have been doing the live with podcasts. No, we did podcasts, but not live video vlog. And 100 episodes, you could see us. It's been a while, you haven't seen our faces. Go check episode 100. We did a review together for It Takes Two by Rob Bass and Easy Rock. So, Thank you again. We also made Feedspot Top 45 Hip Hop Podcast list and we up at number 14 Best Hip Hop Podcast Show out there. Yo, go check the list. Links in our episode notes. This is my final review. Incredible season was a success. We're ready for volume four. We're going to be on a hiatus after this Runs to Runs episode Friday. And then we're going to be back on January. 11 with volume 4 season 4 it's gonna be wicked man have a nice holiday season and thank you all again much love this is the G-Man signing out and I'm Howdy 5000 peace peace